Well, here we are, the first week of Lent. Can you believe it? Hopefully everyone had a good Ash Wednesday, Valentine's Day. What an interesting way to begin Lent this year. But we, uh, starting this, uh, starting today and for the next number of weeks leading up to Holy Week, we are focusing on um, our Lenten journey together. We will read um, from uh, the lectionary cycle, the text that we have. Uh, we're in Mark's gospel today, and we begin Lent always on the first weekend of Lent with this uh, passage or one from the synoptic gospels where Jesus is baptized and then sent out immediately into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil for 40 days and we know that we will mark the journey of Christ in just a matter of weeks from this baptism, the beginning of his ministry, all the way to Jerusalem, to the cross, and an empty tomb. There is a lot of ground to cover in just a few weeks. This year, though, we are focusing on five key paradigm shifts that Jesus invites his followers to make as they learn to follow him in this amazing unraveling of the kingdom of God breaking into earth. Uh, Jesus actually means for people to be changed. I want to say that again. Jesus actually means for people to be changed. Now, before we dig into these five key paradigm shifts for how the disciples are changed, transformed, I want to make the disclaimer Lutheran, theologically sound statement. I want you to hear it. They are not changed in order to earn God's love. Okay? I said it. The disciples don't have to make this shift in order to earn anything. Right? This is what we believe. God loves us despite our sin, despite our mistakes, despite our failures. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, right? This is the gospel. And yet, in response to that love, in response to that invitation, the disciples do change. Love always comes first. And it's actually the love of God, the love of Christ that has the power alone to change us. And the five key shifts that we see the disciples make, they actually are gifts in and of themselves. But they do require the disciples to think differently, to act differently, to prioritize different things. And as they learn to do this imperfectly, we see that a depth of being, of wholeness, of, of wisdom begins to grow in their lives. So that's what we're doing this Lent. We're exploring these key paradigm shifts. And in week one, this week, we're focusing on the very simple yet profound shift that the disciples are forced to make from a someday mindset to a today reality, from someday to today. Now, when I think of from someday to today, and I think of my own life, I am transported all the way back to my former life when I was a U.S. Army soldier. 
Before I felt called to ministry, before I uh, went to seminary, I served six years in the United States Army, and I loved and I hated every moment of it wrapped in one. And from someday to today, I think in many ways encapsulates the journey of a soldier. Now, raise your hand if you've served in the military. We've got a number of people that have served in the military. I want you who have served in the military to finish this sentence, all right? West Pointer, all right? <laughs> Hurry up and... Wait. Say it louder. Hurry up and... Wait. wait. Hurry up and wait. Ugh. For those that have worn the uniform, you know how frustrating that can be. Hurry up and wait. Let me unpack it for you, for the rest of us maybe. A lot of being a soldier and wearing a uniform is a journey of hurry up and wait. The military wants you to hurry up, be rushed, be anxious, get ready for what might come, and then you realize you're actually just going to wait for another day, another hour, another month. And what this does in the psyche of a soldier is it, it sort of plants within you this, this dual paradox of always needing to be ready for action and yet expecting that you're going to have to wait. And there's this natural tension that grows with that mindset. Maybe you can relate even if you haven't been in the military. How many of you have ever felt rushed or, or, or just stressed about getting to a doctor's appointment and you think you're going to be late for the appointment, right? You know what this is like? Your appointment's at 10 a.m. And so there's traffic and you're, you're on I-71 and you can't quite get to your exit yet and you're, you're so worried and you're anxious that you're going to be late and you're going to miss your appointment and you show up at 10.05 and you think you're, you're, you're late and, and the doctor's waiting to see you and then you don't see the doctor until 11.15. <laughs> Have you ever been there? Can you imagine if we ran the church like that, you know? You got rushed, you got to church, you're, you're here, you're in your pew, and we're like, we're not starting for another half hour, guys, just relax. This is what it's like being a soldier, and, and, and I, my mind immediately goes back to when I was deployed to Iraq. And in 2006, um, I got on a big plane and flew halfway around the world, and before um, arriving in Iraq, we actually were flown into Kuwait. That was sort of the, the landing ground for all soldiers before you would, you would arrive in, in Iraq. And when you're in Kuwait, before your deployment really begins, you get some special gear and uniforms and extra equipment, and you're sleeping on a cot in a, in a big uh, like aircraft hangar type of a structure. And every day after the first five days of getting your immunizations and getting your equipment, uh, you are to wake up at a certain time early in the morning. You are to pack all of your gear into your duffel bags. You're to have your rifle at the ready and you're to make your way to the flight line, your entire unit, and you are to wait there to be told whether you're getting on a plane or a helicopter to be flown into Iraq. And so the first few days of this happening, we all woke up as soldiers with nervous energy, anxious, a little bit excited, a whole lot terrified. We had everything packed. We were ready. It was packed perfectly, and we made our way there only to be told, not today. 
not, not today. And so you take all of your equipment and you go back to your hangar and you have nothing to do the rest of the day. So you're just lying on a cot. You're just, you know, back then it was like the original iPod and you're trying to charge your original iPod and, and, and get the stuff and listen to your music. And then the next day you wake up and you do the same thing, rinse and repeat every single day. And after about two weeks of doing this, two weeks of every morning packing your gear, making your way out, you grow a little bit sloppy, right? Because you're convinced it's not going to be today. It wasn't yesterday. It wasn't the day before. It wasn't even the week before. It's not going to be today. Someday we're going to go to Iraq. Someday the deployment's going to begin. And what ends up happening is that a lot of the soldiers, they don't pack their equipment as neatly or as tightly. They're, they're not as organized as they were. And I will never forget in the third week, we're all lined up there, Groundhog's Day again, when the person said, today is not a dress rehearsal. What? Today is not a dress rehearsal. And in a matter of minutes, we were on a plane, some on a helicopter, and we were being flown into Iraq. And when we got off in Iraq, off the plane in the middle of the night, and we were greeted by the um, officers that were there to greet us, they repeated the same phrase, today is not a dress rehearsal. Now, it doesn't have to be a deployment in the military but I believe there are moments in our lives that ring out with that truth. And they often come at us in startling ways. The, the reality that today is not a dress rehearsal. But the reality is we all can go through so many days of our lives with the mindset that it is. Someday, someday will matter. What if every day matters. When we look at the gospel of Mark in our opening passage for this week, we see something really interesting happening. Mark's gospel is unlike the other gospels and that the opening story is the baptism of Jesus. There's no birth narrative. There's no angel Gabriel and Mary. There's no shepherds in the field. It starts right away with an orientation toward action. And as Jesus is baptized in this story, we find this word that is repeated throughout Mark's gospel immediately, immediately. As Jesus is baptized by John, we're told that the spirit of God immediately drove Jesus into the wilderness. I wonder, um, I wonder if Jesus at all himself felt startled by this. There's no baptism party, there's no cake, there's no celebration of what had just happened. There's, there's a sense of urgency to Mark's gospel, that God is up to something, that today is not a dress rehearsal for Jesus. And if you were to read our passage, you might note that there are far fewer periods than there are commas and semicolons. All of this action of Jesus being baptized, sent into the wilderness, tempted by Satan, the angels waiting upon him, it all happens in the matter of one or two sentences. Jesus is immediately driven out 
And I think as we read through the rest of Mark's gospel, we see this sense of urgency in the ministry of Jesus. He has work to do today that matters. And as we begin this Lenten journey, I think we start with this very simple paradigm. It's easy for us to go through our lives with a someday mindset. We can do this about really little things in our lives, but goodness, we do this about the big things too. I've been doing this with a really little, silly thing in my household. Maybe you can relate. Our first floor bathroom, little half bath, our home was built in the 1940s. It's an old home over in Marymount. And the light switch, I think, in the bathroom um, is original to the house, just the actual switch. And for the last few months, the switch has gotten really finicky, you know? Sometimes when you flip it or one of the kids flip it, the light comes on and sometimes you have to kind of wiggle it for it to come on. And that really scares Becca. She's convinced it's going to like spark a fire and we're going to lose everything because it's going to burn the, burn the house down. And, and I've known in my mind that I need to get the switch fixed. I, I need to just replace the switch. I'll do it someday, right? Do you have a house project or something in your life that is on your someday list? Someday I'll get to that. Or maybe right now, because it's tax season, you have a someday mindset. What is it, April 15th? Well, someday. Someday we'll do them. Well, the other week, I was so frustrated with the switch, I had put it off for months, that I actually just called an electrician. And they came immediately. <laughs> I was shocked. They go, actually, we can come in like two hours. And wouldn't you know it, when I went to bed that night, the switch works perfectly now. From someday to today. And I had the realization I've had every other time that I've shifted from someday to today. Well, that was easier than I thought. <laughs> but we do this with the big things in our lives too. And as we begin the season of Lent and this journey to, to deepen our walk of faith, I want to encourage each of us to be thinking about those matters of the heart, the matters of relationship, matters of the spirit that we need to forego a someday attitude in order to take action today. If you're anything like me, you might be withholding forgiveness for something or someone in your life. And you tell yourself, someday I will forgive that experience. I'll forgive that person someday, usually when I feel like it, when I feel forgiveness. What would it change in your life if you made a decision to not wait until you felt like it, but you decided to trust God and to release this pain in your life? Okay, Lord, teach me how to do it today. Today I forgive, even when I don't feel like it. You know, if we waited to feel like it in life, we'd never go to the gym, we'd never do our taxes, we'd never change the light switch. We know this to be true. What else are you resisting? You know, someday I'll live a generous life. Someday, I'll volunteer at Taft or Habitat. Someday, I'll find a cause worthy of supporting. 
what would it look like for you to, to shift from someday to today, to start small? To actually live your life with an understanding that today is not a dress rehearsal for a future day. In reality, in the kingdom of God, there are no dress rehearsals. But the good news is there's unending grace. I think those twin realities paired together gives us everything we need to live a life of discipleship. Today matters. It is a gospel of urgency. It's a gospel bent toward action, loving your neighbor, serving others, extending forgiveness, coupled with the reality that we have limitless grace from God. We get God's forgiveness and mercy again and again when we fail and we get it wrong. We're going to hear stories over the next few weeks of how Jesus would call the disciples and it's so mind-boggling to us how immediately they left their nets in the boat and they followed him. Maybe there's been a time in your life when you understood that you had to take immediate action. I want you to think about those moments when you were certain in your life that you had to live different, think different, act differently. When it comes to living an authentic life of faith, being wholly vulnerable, wholly open, trying to serve our God, I believe God wants us to show up present today as if we believed today matters because we know that it does. On Wednesday, we had our foreheads marked with ashes. We were reminded that we are dust and to dust we will return. This life is short. You are blessed beyond belief if you get 80 plus years. We know how quickly that can pass us. Every day is a gift. Every day matters. So I ask you to reflect again. What are you holding off for someday that you need to embrace today, trusting that you will be blessed by giving attention to the things that are of ultimate importance. Amen.